everyone. We would love you to welcome Lyndall Fogarty today to our podcast, Humans at Work. And Humans at Work is run by the Being More Human team. And we work with individuals, teams and organisations to help them reach their potential. So we're super excited today to have Lyndall to be able to share her wisdom. Lyndall, can you just share a little bit about your business and the kind of clients that you work with just to get us started? Oh, thanks, Michelle. And likewise, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, I know you and I have had the opportunity to have several conversations around different topics over the last few years, and I know that we're going to unpack some gems in our, in our time together today. Um, yes, I've worked in in and around uh, HR and organisational development for um, quite a few decades, and which is which is somewhat scary. I founded the organisation Perform HR, which has just ticked over twelve years now, um, uh, and that's been quite a journey in in doing that and in terms of the topic around teams I I mean I've experienced it in a workplace in building an organization but also um, advising and looking at what our clients do in different environments so uh, there's definitely some things that I think are are common across why some teams fly and, and why others don't um, and, yeah, it's going to be really a joy to uncover and share some of those insights with you today, Michelle. I think fundamentally, like, I, I, love, I love seeing people, um, I love seeing people stretch into places they didn't think they could. That's really what gets me out of bed each day. And fundamentally, I, I love um, creating change. So I am a serial entrepreneur about to launch um, another another organisation that will go live um, in September this year with my husband. So, yeah, and, and again, um, it's got its own unique challenges around team when you're working with family. Yeah, abso- absolutely. That's a whole new definition, isn't it? <laughs> For sure. Um, did you want to tell us any more about that new business? Can we have some sneak information? or? Yeah. You can have some sneak information, Michelle. So we've created a e-commerce coffee subscription business. Uh, it's called Moa Coffee Co. So Moa is a mashup of our daughter's initials, Madison, Olivia, Alexandra, and it's the um, culmination of bringing a number of our passions together. And one of those is we've aligned with a charity called Life Changer, who work with youth across Australia and New Zealand to develop self-worth and and self-resilience. They do amazing work. They've been going for about five years now and last year they worked with 13,000 young teens. And one of the unique ways they approach Um, they approach their work is they create mentors in the communities that they go into so that their work can continue. And as as organisational development professionals, Michelle, we know change comes through creating an ecosystem to allow change to happen. Um, So one program... It's interesting you use the term creating an ecosystem because in many ways that's what you're doing with a team as well. The ecosystem might be a different scale. 
you know, you're talking about a different scale, but that's really what we're trying to do when we're creating an exceptional team. Can you can you tell me firstly, do you believe that an exceptional team can always be an exceptional team or do you believe that they lull and go backwards and forwards and mm, oh, no it, it can't it can't remain exceptional and the reason I believe that is because um, nothing stays static so people's um, skill set and mindsets grow the environment alters and a team needs to shift and maneuver to accommodate um the dynamics that it's exposed to or within um and I do think that they wane and 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 grow and flex and they need to um and if I think about some of the teams that I've been involved in as a team member, you know, with pre-perform HR days, and when we we felt like we were on fire versus when we felt like we'd lost purpose. And it was really to do with what was going on in the organization at the time. Um, you know, the teams that I felt really um you know, I got a buzz from being part of. We achieved great things together. We had a really clear, definitive goal. And once that goal was achieved and um, the landscape changed and therefore the individual motivators with, with the team members, um, they changed as well. So there was, a, there was a new norm that had to be established and that suited some team members. That didn't suit everybody. So... Yeah. You're basically saying the changing dynamics that get presented to a team mean that the team has to like reorient itself around those dynamics. It does. It does need to reorient itself. It Mm -hmm. needs to consciously choose as well whether they're signing on to those new dynamics. Um, Can you tell me about many dysfunctional teams that you might have been involved with either as a consultant or in some other way? and how they differ to exceptional teams? It's like this this concept of uh, when a team works really well together, they um, they pull in unison towards a very defined reason for 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 being whether it be at netball like your sport I, I love my netball so if I think about teams that shine in that arena uh, they know why they're there they know the role that they play as individual team members where they're dysfunctional it's the it's like the the linkages of trust and mutual respect and understanding aren't thriving, um, Michelle, and I often think of it like electrical pulses. Those electrical pulses aren't firing. And one of the things that I often uh, witness is it's what's not said. So it's often uh, less about what is said in a dysfunctional team and more about what isn't being spoken about. And the real honest um, conversations. Now, whether that comes from a place of fear um, driven by a perception that they can't speak up or, or what it is, but there's, there's often, uh, it's often what's not stated can create confusion, complacency, 
um, and ultimately a lack of clarity around really what am I there to do. Mm, It seems like with lots of dysfunctional teams, there's so many elephants in the room that you don't know which one to put on the table first. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Michelle. And you and like you and I know that to unpack that, like I view it like a really tightly bound, you know, sticky mess at times. And to unpack that and to release the potential of a team requires safety. That people need to feel safe that they can. Um, they can release. Mm. And how how do team leaders go about creating the feeling of safety so that people can feel psychologically safe? Uh, there's it's it's the way they show up on a consistent basis that is the telltale of whether safety is created or or not. And I um I often think that. It's the leader's ability to have authentic, vulnerable conversations um, when uh, when needed that starts to create an environment of safety. It's little things like uh, celebrating differences, you know, not, not always talking about um, commercial objectives but really connecting with the individuals within a team and starting to um, bring people on that journey where they feel they've got something to contribute. They, their, voice is, uh, their voice is heard and, um, and, I, and I often like it to Forbes in 2018 released Um, what they believe are the 12 fundamental traits of a growth mindset. And the one that really resonated with me when it comes to teams is that the significance of the team is celebrated more so than the individual successes within the team. Sense of getting that collective uh, focus and reflection on the collective. Mm. Yes. So if you were on the outside looking in to some teams, how would a high-performing or an exceptional team look different? What would you notice about that team that other teams were not doing? Uh, The thing that comes to mind is the way they show up with each other, Um, the, the energy, the way they interact. That's an indicator of the health of a team dynamic. Um, the other is the absolute clarity around why they're there. So, you know, there's there's almost a, a party line, shall we call it, that wouldn't matter who you spoke with, the clarity around why you're there is uniform. Whilst the roles would be different, the way those roles work together and, and why why that job exists, why that team exists, is known. Mm. So there's collective understanding of the purpose of the team. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And, um, and that's got nothing to do with um, position in the organisation, whether 
whether it's a um, someone with deep technical expertise and years of experience or whether they've just they've just joined um that clarity of why I turn up every day and what is it I'm here to and how what I do makes a difference is is absolutely um, fundamental. I'll share with you a story when I was a grad, Michelle. I uh, one of my very first HR role was with the supermarket chain Franklin's. And I was um, fortunate, very fortunate to be brought into the transformation team to set up their national, help set up their national structure. So I got exposed to a lot in a very short period of time. And here I was, I don't know, 26, and um, in my little HR bubble of a world. And one day the national operations manager walked up to my desk and he was busy showing the our investors from Hong Kong, from um, a company called Dairy Farmers International. They were doing a, a walk of the floor. And he walked up to my desk and this guy's like six foot six, South African. And he said to me, Lindell, could you please explain to the shareholders how what you do impacts people that scan the groceries great and what did you do (laughs) and I was I just I couldn't answer Michelle I couldn't answer because I had lost sight of why I was really there and I hadn't sat back to connect the dots that that what I was doing I was actually part of a much bigger Team. There was a much bigger purpose for what it is that we were doing. And fundamentally, that was to create great customer experiences in our supermarkets. Mm. And that story, gosh, that's 20-something years ago. And, and I still remember it like it was yesterday because it fundamentally shifted my world around the way that I view team, the way that um, I advise clients. Because ultimately, if we can't answer that question of why do we do what we do and how does it impact? Well, nothing else matters if we can't answer that question, does it? Exactly. And I think you're so right. You know, you see, you, a lot of the times in organisations you have particularly when you're talking about strategy and things like that, you're having conversations with people all over the business about what the reason for being of the business is. And it's very, very rare that you will get a consistent themed story or, you know, set of parameters as an answer when you ask it across the board. You usually get all sorts of different things that are kind of mismatched that don't necessarily align so it's an interesting test, actually, to have those conversations randomly across the business. So you wouldn't be the only person that would sit there and not be able to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we are rapidly coming up to our time. It feels like we've been two minutes, but <laughs> coming up to our time. It really does. Um, but if you could give some wisdom and insight and give people a tip, like if they if this is for people who work within a team. So if you're a team member working within a team, what is the best tip that you can give to a team member to help that team become an exceptional team? Mm. 
things come to mind is if you don't know why your role exists, find out. Um, The other is to fund, everything starts with self. We know that, Michelle. Everything starts with self-awareness. Really work on yourself and then work on the dynamics, the relationships across your team. So make it your mission to know your team really well, understand what makes them tick not the job necessarily they do, but they as human beings. And then meet them where they're at. So, but you but to do that, you need to, you need to really understand yourself. And I am a big believer in that that really well-formed teams are a collection of people that work on themselves. and understand the power of connection. Because ultimately, if we don't believe in that, then what are we doing? Yeah, well, you'll never get a high-functioning team without, no. without, I would say, really extreme levels of connection. And I love, and this is a great way for us to wrap up, I love your point about um, self-awareness being so critical in a team scenario because, you can't really provide insight to how other people are operating if you can't see that about yourself in the first place. Absolutely, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time and your energy and wisdom. And we could chat for hours, but here is our time. And big thank you to all our listeners for our Humans at Work podcast. And this is brought to you by Being More Human. Take care. Mm